Like, oh, poetry again? No. How uh, dare you? I'm also recording myself again. Do you have a mic? It's right here on the stand. Huh? Do you have a mic? It's right here on the stand. Do it. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Maybe I'll just sit. There we go. Yeah, it's not as dynamic. It's not as dynamic? No. I'll leave the dynamicism to my words. Okay. I won't argue with your artistry. Uh, sure, that's a flowery way of saying I'm lazy. <laughs> hey guys, uh, I run a writing group. So we make uh, little mini poetry books to anyone that wants one. And it doesn't have to be poetry, as long as it can be printed on a page. Um, we have a bunch of free ones right there. Those are the low quality versions, because I lost my print press a while back. So I'm just burning up the ink in an inkjet printer until it's gone. Go to the library, they have free services. Men are library creative, have you done that? Just I have not. Oh. Yeah, check it out. And if they got a duplexing printer? They have a 3D printer and they have a sublimation printer, so they gotta have some kind of... Mm, I will ask them when I see them tomorrow, because they see me every week. All right, that's good news. All right, in the meantime, if you want your own book, contact info on the back of every one. All right, so this is an oldie, it's my favorite. Um, Christy's heard it a billion times, but uh, she'll have to suffer through it one more time. I know. This is called The Moment. The Japanese girl sits quietly on the pier, gazing out over the water. Her silence and knowing glance says more than either of our languages could ever comprehend. She is beautiful in her hopelessness, and I, dumbstruck in awe of a peace I will never know. She sits behind me squawking with an adolescent banter that must seem dire. Her intensity of voice speaks the same thing I have secretly wished for years, but been too afraid to say. Please, pay attention to me. Speak I did, for the very first time. This awkward message of youthful adoration is not exactly communicated articulately. Her only response is, God, I hate you, please shut up. If I am already taking risks with my life, then I will not be silenced. For once, I will not back down. You love me, you just don't know it yet. We are inexplicably set on the very edge of the river. The smell of Texas barbecue intensifying our hunger. Half our small group ex is exhausted proving their technical prowess. When I declare that this most manly of feasts must be a competition to prove our testosterone, why simply dine in San Antonio when you can challenge your friends to a banquet of sauce-laden meats? I declare that he who finishes least or last must surrender his manhood. The balls are on the table tonight. Oh. <laughs> I awoke early this morning and slipped quietly out of my bunk. My compatriots were still sleeping off a hangover. I push open the door hundreds of years my senior and witness the burgundy sunset of French wine country. Just think, right now I could be mindlessly staring at rolling machinery. I place another valve on the pump and were hypnotically tighten it down. The sound has become a meditation now. The zen is broken when my radio squeals. The producer has just jumped on the air. The World Trade Center is on fire. I place my wrench slowly down on the table, confused. We all do, we all are. In a half hour, we will all be sitting around the table, listening to Howard Stern speculate on a horror. We are blinded to the true terror, what this really means until hours later. Snow continues to flood my windshield, 
as I wind precariously around the bespeckled Alleghenies. The city below, shrouded in the early winter night, looks as though the heavens have finally released the weight of the stars to the ground. As I marvel at this, a twinge of fear arises. I may not find shelter tonight. Nonetheless, the road levels, the road levels out and an exit is offered as salvation. In the midst of planned itineraries, sightseeing, and tourist attractions, I had lost track of time. I am resigned to sleep the night in a Walmart parking lot. When I pull off the exit, however, I am pleased to see the welcoming glow of a mall. There I discover an establishment long since lost to the ether of my youth. As I sit there eating the 10,000 calorie hot dog, I ponder. This is what life was like when it was simpler, when I thought I knew what it was all about, before I was proven horribly wrong. In the midst of the audacious and elaborate splendor of Florence, I see a sight so simple and yet so much more a monument to man's unfathomable capacity for love and compassion, a rose, brown and dead, is stuck in a chain-link fence. Attached to it is a small handwritten note that reads, kiss her now. I am in her arms, having been told no, and resigned to rejection so many times. So many times I told myself that this would never happen. As my lips touch her, I laugh inside my head. Is this really happening? This is really happening. I hold my breath. I can see him through the window, as I have seen him through the electronic window of my TV for years. As I get closer, this feels less and less real. This is my hero, my God. He has accomplished amazing things and pushed the limits of the human body. Suddenly, I'm in front of him. He looks up and smiles as he says hello. All the nervousness, the anxiety disappears when I realize that my God is a man, a man like me. I am terrified. Before me is a discolored, screaming, clawing, misshapen alien creature. My son takes his first breaths of real air. We are all exhausted. His mother looks at me with a look that practically screams, we did it. I plead, but we're not done doing it yet, are we? Her, his gurgles turn into cries, and I know. I know that this, this is the moment that matters any more than any in my life. I will never have a single instant matter any more than this ever will. And while I stare into his bed, I hope he proves me wrong. That's it for that one. Yeah. You see, that's my favorite. Everything in that's real. That all, that's all stuff that's actually happened. So, unlike all my other stuff, that one's real. And I'll give you one more. This is called Relics. When I pull up in my battle scar truck, that old song is playing on the radio, whose lyrics I have misheard, and how, who did that damn song anyways? Nonetheless, of what I do here through the cracks and pops, it definitely suits this house. It's an old, rundown bi-level with a winding porch and more windows and walls. But the windows are heavily tinted and shades are all half-drawn. The windows do not let the light into the home, but rather steal it, consume it into the darkness, never to be seen again. How many neighborhood rumors revolved around this house? For how long has it been whispered that this is that haunted house? Or even this is where that one creepy guy did that one horrific thing? Or even that series of horrific things? Did the boogeyman originate here? Inside the darkness of that house, stealing the sunshine from precocious little boys and girls, finally freed from the confines of scholastic imprisonment? until eventually their days of play started getting shorter and they returned to their nine months of confinement with no one to blame but the invisible tenant of the ever-decaying, 
but seemingly indestructible and insurmountable house. I imagine a stone in my hand to be thrown into this house of glass. I picture it not breaking the glass so much as piercing a pool of darkness that ripples across the entire house, melting each window and finally freeing everyone's abducted childhoods. I see the sunlight exploding from the foundation, the cracked brown leaves in every dead, broken tree suddenly springing to life and filling with green. Years of devoured frisbees, kites, and baseballs launching into the air from every crevice. And then, I think, maybe appearances can be deceiving. Maybe this house is not so much the spooky old ruin, but rather a cracked and worn old photo album, housing years of relics of life spent well and with love. Love that our generation could not possibly fathom, devoid of the electronic means of expressing and spreading it. How many boys turned men turned soldiers here? How many mothers turned grandmothers turned cherished memories? How many years were cried over straight knees and first loves? Or spent on lovers' lanes, backyard barbecues, and drunken sibling brawls? Is that old tire finally getting its deserved rest from someone's swing? Or off the wheels of a well-loved ancestor to my vehicle? Whose lives and legends are parked in this dusty driveway? Whose footprints am I standing in right now? Maybe those dark windows never really robbed the light but rather were meant to hold it in for the love growing inside, so that anyone within would always feel its warmth and brightness. And anytime someone left that house, they returned to that light to the world in kind, richer and brighter than it ever would have been had it not spent its time within those walls. Who are you, O house of stolen light? What secrets do you hold? How many childhoods were used up here, either stolen or spent fully? What lives have you had? What adventures can you tell me? I smile. This is gonna be fun as I kick in the front door. All right, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you, Ryan. That was super awesome. Next up, we have Matt. Hello. 